button. Push record. Record the stream. And away we go. You're listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome, everybody, to episode 152 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest running used to be Anthem podcast, but now carried on by two of the hosts because we like talking about video games and stuff, and we've been doing it for so long that it's kind of a habit, so we're not going to stop now. And today, for episode 142, 52? 152. I went back in time. Um, we are jo- we're joined by Wade of Mulehorn Gaming. Wade, thank you for joining us again. Your second appearance on the Freelancer Codex. How are you today? Good, man. Thanks for having me, brother. How is brother. how is that spaceship, the Mulehorn Gaming, going? Are you guys keeping that thing flying straight, flying true? Uh, we're trying. We have lots of large explosions always happening, of course, and uh, playing the crap out of like 20 different video games and now expanding into TikTok and all this other crazy stuff. <laughs> are you are you dancing on TikTok? Is that uh, what the content we can expect from Mulehorn Gaming have, over there? I have not, I have not done the Mule Truffle Shuffle. No, so I don't think anybody. I mean, Dad bods are in, but I don't think anybody would want to see that. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, soon if you hit enough followers, the uh, Truffle <laughs> Shuffle will be there. So, Wade, thanks for hanging out with us. We've got lots to talk about. Um, it is December sixteenth, so we are close to the holiday season. So I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone is staying safe. That you are healthy. That you are trying to keep everyone healthy around you. And that you can enjoy time with the family, or you can enjoy time alone, or if you hate your family, then you don't have to see them either. So we hope you can do all of those things that make you happy on the holiday seasons. All right, before we get started, um, before we talk about Star Wars, because I know Wade is champing at the bit to talk about um, a little green man and a light sword. So before we do that, we've got a lot of things to cover. Um, we like to say thank you to all of our patrons. We want to say thank you to Julius, Nathan B., Michael R., Trent B., Man and Steel, Scout69, Dragonheart76, Jeffrey H., Gameplay Experience, RZ, and Phaedron. Thank you so much for all of your continued support. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. So. And with that, I think we should jump into things that we have been doing because we've got a lot to cover. Wade, you are our guest. Would you like to tell us what things you've been doing this week, video game-wise or really whatever you're doing? It doesn't have to be video games. If you're crocheting, if you're knitting, if you're starting a book club, you can tell us all about it. Uh, You know, I've been uh, playing a lot of cyberpunk, like probably most people that are playing video games right now. I've been playing a lot of that jumping back into apex a little bit because uh, I miss playing like a, like a, like a battle Royale type style game. And I, I liked um, Warzone, but I've never been a big fan of it. Like uh, just cause there's a lot of like hokey things about it that I don't like. Uh, but apex has been kind of tickling my jimmies for that. Um <laughs> I've started rewatching uh, Rebels with the wifey because she, like, it's funny. She was making fun of me the other day. She's like, what have you done to me? You've turned me into, like, a Star Wars nerd. Because the other day she was looking at stuff for Christmas, and she was like, she stopped, and she goes, wait, is this considered canon? And then she was like, what did you do to me? So uh, was was she not a Star Wars fan before, or just kind of uh, knew of Star Wars, but just not that depth? Yeah, she always liked Star Wars. It's just she never dove into the really deep, expanded stories of like Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that. And uh, 
she watched the Clone Wars with our boys because they, you know, they love the animated series. And um, she decided to watch Rebels with this. And she's watched it all the way through. We're on the, the final season. And uh, I think she really enjoys it. She's really connected with some of the characters. Kanan, she really likes Chopper. She thinks he's funny. Um, of course, Ahsoka. She loves Ahsoka. Um, and she's like, Thrawn, he's so bad. He's so bad. So she really likes that. But uh, yeah, I've been doing that. I celebrated uh, turning the big 4-0 recently this week. Oh, man. Um, Happy birthday. How is, how's the yeah. other side of that hill? Is it? How's it look over there? You know, man, uh, first time in my life I've ever actually started taking supplements and didn't think I'd ever need them. And I started taking them, been taking them about two weeks. I'm like, gosh, these make me feel so much better. <laughs> so I should just should start early. <laughs> yeah. We should just yeah. start early. Is that what you're saying? It, you should. It, I mean, I really didn't feel a difference till I hit about 37, but now that I hit about 37, I started really feeling the difference. And, uh, I, I stopped drinking coffee. I drink like this keto clean energy drink now. Um, and it makes a huge difference for me. And then I take a, a krill oil and some other stuff for immune boosters and stuff like that. And I feel, I feel young again. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I always think it's funny when people like get a year older and they're like, Oh, I'm so old. And you're like, I don't know. It's like just another year. Right. I guess, I guess <laughs> yeah. if you've had, if you have bad knees, it's probably a little rough as you get older, but. That's the only thing for me. It's like all the old sports injuries that I had that I, I just played through when I was in high school and college that now I'm like, why did I do that? Because like my ankles are like jello now. Yeah. I have like no ligaments left in them from all the years of basketball. <laughs> I just, need some ligaments. Did you my play? My wife makes fun of me because I wear Crocs everywhere, you know? <laughs> we, we decided not to mention the Crocs on the show just because we have a no Crocs policy on the Freelancer Codex. But um, did you play college ball? For a little bit, yeah. 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 I went to uh, a small little uh, NAIA college called LCU and then I transferred to Texas Tech uh, right when Bobby Knight got there. Sweet. And uh, I was, I, you know, six foot, a buck 85, super quick, left handed, got a three ball. And my dad was really mad that I didn't try to walk on for Bobby Knight because he's like, he loves left handed shooters. I just couldn't do it anymore, man. It was it, it was not the same as it was for me in, in high school. It was more of a job. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to have fun, you know? So yeah. that's yeah. pretty intense. Um college college ball at that level has got to be pretty intense. So and really, like, is there any place for a Star Wars nerd on a college basketball team? That's the real you know, question. I was like Clark Kent, no one knew. <laughs> Were you a closet nerd your whole life? You just didn't want to tell people? Uh, I found very few people um, that kind of were on the level of nerddom as me. Like my wife even will say, I didn't realize how big of a nerd you were um, because, uh, you know, I'm not like a prototypical nerd that, you know, oh, you're a guy that sits in the basement and doesn't do it. You know, I was kind of a jock and I loved watching movies and I loved playing video games. And I loved playing board games and, you know, just any kind of competitive game yeah, I could play, you know. And uh, there just wasn't usually in that arena. There wasn't a lot of people like that. Now, video games now now is more normal for the for the jocks, you know. But back when I was playing back in the day, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're it doing what? Normal. Yeah, you can't be playing yeah. those games. And I, I guess that's you know very similar right now with people that enjoy Star Wars. Like Star Wars is so mainstream now. 
that you don't have to be that dork that knew what a T65 was. Now everyone's like, well, you got a, you got the Mando shirt. Everyone loves the Mando shirt. So very cool. So rewatching Rebels, playing Cyberpunk. Um, anything else you want to chat about before we get in? Because I, I guess when when we get to my section, we can talk about our experience with Cyberpunk. Because I know Mike, you have not yeah. dove in yet. Um, because I've told you not to dive in yet. What have you been doing instead of Cyberpunk? So for Mike's, um, because Cyber that was a terrible beginning. You've been learning to, English. Was going to be a very simple answer. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, the dawning dropped in Destiny, so we've been playing a lot of that, baking a lot of cookies, handing out a lot of gifts, seeing all the bright, flashy colors, and getting lost in all of the what to do, when to do, where to do, and how to do it kind of stuff that I usually get lost in when I play Destiny because there's just so much going on, and I expect things to be like really simple where you click a button and it says, do this, go here, but instead it says, um, have fun playing the game. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have fun playing the game. I want to, I want to accomplish this task that you've given me. So there's that. Um, but then, really, just schoolwork with the kiddos. We're winding down our semester for school, so I'm fur- uh, feverishly, furiously, frivolously. There's a word that starts with F that means like, like doing it quickly and feverishly. But I don't remember what feverishly. That could be one. I don't have a fever fast, while I do Fast it. is a word. Fast is a word, but I think it ends in ishly. Anyway. Fastishly? Fastishly. <laughs> anyway, um, so just getting ready for the semester to end, helping kiddos finish assignments, helping my own personal kiddos get um, their semester done and, and under their belt in a good way, and then making sure that my students have all of their assignments in, you know, grading stuff and, and helping them to remember that they have content that they need to accomplish and they have things that they need to do to get done in my class. And so... Um, you know, trying to keep the house up and trying to keep everybody alive and safe and well and making dinner. I have recently, and this, I don't know if, if, if you wanted all of this information, but I have recently because, okay, we're going to have to back up and do just a slight little bit of backstory. Um, it's like Doofenshmirtz backstory. It kind of is. It's not really Doofenshmirtz backstory. Mine is very easy. My wife has a position. We're both in the school district, but she is a very um, high level admin and, and I am not. <laughs> so, so a lot of the um, other duties that, um, that we would normally share, I take on as part of, as part of the kind of the way that our house runs. So I have been um, recently learning how to cook um, just, just with ideas that I have of things that I want to eat and trying out recipes and stuff. Last night I made um, homemade chicken and dumplings. I didn't home make the chicken because that would be weird. It wouldn't um, be that weird. I, I mean, some people home make chicken. They grow some chickens. people home make chickens. I don't. Um, but I made homemade dumplings and and it actually worked and everybody liked it and they enjoyed the meal. So that was kind of a, a pat myself on the back kind of thing because it was the first time I tried it. Well, and done. it turned out really well. And, and there weren't any leftovers. And I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest indicator that you've made a good meal is that there aren't any leftovers. Especially when you've got picky kids. Well done. Unless you have four kids, then you never have leftovers. (laughs) Well, there have been some meals that I have tried where that's all I've had left was uh, leftovers. So, and then you just buy pizza. Yeah. And so it was good. So I've been, I've been teaching myself um, how to cook, learning how to cook. 
I've done, I haven't done anything like too crazy. Um, I, I cook Cornish game hen. I do pork tenderloin. I did chicken and dumplings. Um, I, uh, I made fried rice the other night with, uh, with a, uh, a teriyaki chicken, um, combo kind of thing. So it was, it was pretty good. So I'm pretty proud of myself that that's something that I'm at least able to learn during this time. You could get the destiny cookbook and cook from the destiny cookbook. I did not know there was one. Um, there is a destiny cookbook. I, I believe, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> what kind of dishes would you guess were inside the destiny cookbook? Um, Cade's, Glimmer. Yeah. Cade's crumbly chicken. I don't know. Cade's crumbly chicken. So, yeah. okay. This is a drink. This is, oh, they have a coleslaw. It's just called coleslaw. They didn't give it. Okay, so there. Here are some cookies. This is this is pretty good. These are called the Gallardoodles. They're like Snickerdoodles, but they're Gallardoodles. So you can make the Gallardoodle cookie. You can make the spicy ramen. Of course, you can make the spicy ramen, and you can make wait the Revelers. If they're if they're just regular cookies, but they just have funny names, does that really count? Um. So these. This is weird. So these cookies have a big old cashew right in the middle of them. So you couldn't make these. I couldn't. But yeah. I wouldn't. No, you couldn't. You would die. That's weird. So That's right. weird. You have a Destiny cookbook. Maybe I'll put it on your Christmas list and you can start making stuff from the Destiny universe and you can report <laughs> on that. I could. Or I could just stick with things that I that I know of. That's true. Never branch out. Yeah. Just stick in your bubble. It's always a good way to live. Well, I'm Never branching out, out a little bit, but but to cook from a to cook from a cookbook like what a do you video game use now? I don't know. Okay. I'll I make don't you. know. What anyway. else you got, Mike? Is that all you got? Is that all you're doing that, is just cooking, keeping your family alive? Just cooking, keeping my family alive, playing Destiny where I can. Um, sometimes I have to watch when I sit down because I get yelled at sometimes. But, you know, you gotta it keep, happens. <laughs> keep the CFO happy. That's for sure. All right. You do have to keep the CFO happy. What have you been up to, Steve? I will tell you. So right now, we will. I will use my time, and we will talk about Cyberpunk because that is what I've been diving into, and Wade has been diving into it as well. So it's our chance to talk about Cyberpunk. I want to make a very important disclaimer at the beginning of the Cyberpunk talk that we're about to have that a lot of opinions exist, and that's okay. A lot of people can have their opinions. A lot of things can be true at the same time. So just because one person is enjoying a game does not mean that they completely support every misstep and mishap that CD Projekt Red has made on their way to the release of Cyberpunk. I will start this by saying that I was never super stoked about the game. It's not a game that I watched all their media content on. It was just something that I knew was coming out. I knew it was big, so I was going to play it. So I had very little hype going into Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I didn't watch any of their live streams knowing anything about the game and all the marketing stuff that they put out. So a lot of the things that people are talking about that aren't in the game, I didn't even realize were supposed to be in the game until I started doing some research and wondering why, you know, the game released how it did. So that's what I'm going to say. If you are having a terrible experience, like that is your experience and your experience is valid. Ours will be as well. So we just want to make sure we're not like... There's, there's been a lot of people just, if you say anything positive on the game, think that you're like shilling for the game because they don't want anyone to be having fun, I guess. I don't know. The internet's weird. Everyone knows about the internet. So, um, 
my experience with Cyberpunk so far on my computer, since I'm playing it on the PC, I have had a okay experience. Um, I think the game is interesting. As someone that has not been doing any research, not looking at it, like I think it's an okay game. I don't think it's spectacular. Like if even if you were to remove all the bugs and all the problems that crop up, I think the game is still you know just like it's an okay RPG experience. It's definitely not the best RPG out there. Um, you know, Cyber um, CD Projekt Red has made one of the best, um, and there's a lot others out there. We can talk about Bioware. We can talk about Bethesda. We could talk about the Yakuza series and stuff like that. Talking about RPGs. But um, and 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 I hate that I feel like just because I have fun at sometimes it's like oh you shouldn't be having fun playing this game because of all the problems it has. But I have been having an okay time playing the game. I chose the Corpo playthrough um, just because I thought that would be interesting. The way this game starts, I think there are some obvious um, content cuts that were made just because of how short the um, life paths are before they drop you into like the critical path of the game. So Mike, if you are unaware, you get to pick between three different paths. There's Street Kid, there's a Corpo, and then there is a No Nomad, No, what's it called, Wade? Nomad. Nomad? Yep. So you get to pick, yeah, you get to pick one of those three and you start the game. Like I went Corpro, that content lasted all maybe 20, 30 minutes, and then I was dropped into the beginning of the game. Um, fake says nomad life for the win. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the desert. I live in the desert, so I didn't want to start out in the desert. I figured I'd start in the big city. Um, and it just, it's this story that they tell is very disconnected in the beginning. You have this little thing. That little thing is supposed to, I think, be super important to your playthrough and to the overall campaign. Sometimes you do have dialogue choices that come into play, but I don't think that those dialogue choices would have really changed anything, even if you chose something different. But after you play through the short little section, it drops you into the beginning of the game, which shows you this montage of things that you do in the game, but you don't get to play that portion of the game. You just get to see you and another character doing cool things. And then it like drops you in after this weird time jump, which is a super weird way to tell this story. It's a way that um, I don't think it added anything to the game. It just made it feel like there was a lot of things that were either cut out or missed. Wait, did you kind of get that sense when playing through that? Or was it? I felt like it was like a like a purposeful mechanic to because because the way the story goes you you basically have this huge heist and things like that i don't know how much spoilers you want to talk about but um yeah you have this like huge heist that you try to pull off so i think it was like an artificial way to speed up your credibility i guess you could say of like hey you're a dude that's on the streets that people know you and you get stuff done um so i felt like I wasn't necessarily missing anything other than them just trying to say like, okay, you're a, you're a BA mofo that was walking the streets and you're not just some guy that came fresh off the streets. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like an artificial way to give you a little credibility. Um, it didn't feel like it took anything away, but it was kind of like, I kind of just felt like, like, why, why didn't you just let me play it? Like, right. like give me some shorter prologue stories rather than just, here's a map with all the stuff. 
Yeah. You know? And I think that's the part that I kind of feel like took away from my experience of like, well, I should have done that stuff. Because one of the big things, like after going back and doing a lot of the research, like a lot of the marketing was like, you're going to make your place in Night City. You're going to show up that, hey, you're going to go from nothing to the big boss in Night City. And they kind of like took a little portion of that away from you. And even then, I still didn't feel like... um I didn't feel like I was that cool because you start out with not very much. So I was like, how can I be this cool if I don't even have like a pocket knife in my pocket? Anyway, so <laughs> other than that, like I, I'm actually enjoyed um, the little portion of the critical path that I played. I played um, up into the act number two. Um, and then I kind of just branched off and started doing a bunch of the side stuff. Like some of that story is pretty cool. But it seems like all this stuff on the outside that I've kind of been exploring. And really, because it is a um, CDPR game, like The Witcher 3 is known for having amazing side quests. Like quests that'll just take you hours and hours um, to get through it. Sometimes, you know, they're even better than some of the, the main path content, right? So I think that was kind of like an expectation I had just because I had played The Witcher. And that just wasn't something that I, would, I'm, I have found yet. I mean, I'm still pretty early. Um, I'm just kind of trying to take my time in there and just kind of explore a little more to see if I can find that. And maybe I will. I don't know, Wade, if you have found that doing the side content is more enjoyable than the main, than the critical path, or if you've enjoyed the critical path more. I, I think it's meant like, cause I've been trying to blaze through the story just cause I wanted to finish the story. Cause I'm going to play through it again eventually. <clears throat> cause I picked nomad farm kid makes sense. Right. Um, so I, I picked nomad and I'm kind of blazing through it, but I've slowed down. Cause I didn't do very much in the prologue, uh, but I've slowed down because I feel like the story is good and good enough to actually keep me engaged in the game. Uh, because a little, little secret here. I didn't like the Witcher. I didn't like red dead. Just, I couldn't finish them. They didn't keep my attention. I just couldn't do it. This game. I feel like the story is good enough. And the setting is good enough that it's like future sci-fi enough that kind of keep it's keeping me into it but i found if i actually slow down and do the side missions from some of the main characters like jackie and pan am and things like that it's way better it's 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 way way better um because it actually gives it a little bit more body um so it'd be it'd be like looking at a stream compared to if you wanted to look at this gorgeous river you know um so i would say if you're playing through the game right now to slow down and take your time, do a lot of the main side quests, not necessarily all the little other gigs you can do, but like the actual main side quests, because it will add to the game a lot. Um, Cause it made some of the choices that I was experiencing and some of the things I was going through a lot better. Um, you know, a little more weighty to it, you know, other than just like, Oh, this crap has happened to me. Now what? Yeah. You and fa fake in the chat says it's sacrilege that you didn't like Red Dead or The Witcher. Um I can do it. <laughs> I and and I think and I think that's fine. Like I I played halfway through The Witcher 3 and I thought I was like almost done with that game and then I like looked up guides like what? I'm like a quarter of the way done. I've been in here for 60 hours. How am I not done yet? And I think it's there is something to these games that just have these super massive like storylines where it, it seems so daunting, right? That oh man, like I'm not even done. I'm not even close. And luckily, like Cyberpunk is only about a 20 hour game if you critical path it. So it's something that you can complete 
in a normal run. It's not something you have to spend a hundred hours in. Um, so there, so it's something that's doable, but especially like when, when you are creating content, it's, we kind of have this need to rush through things so that you can talk about it. So you can say, Hey, I've done this yep. and now I can talk about it, but it kind of also kills the joy, I think for games like this, because yep. it is more important to take your time. I think just so you might be able to like find that little thing in a game like this that really connects with you. Cause you know what? Like not all the storylines are connect- are going to connect with you. Like, I think some of the storylines are kind of lame. I think some of the writing is particularly bad. Um, so it's not like, Hey, every part of this game I'm in love with, but I think it's important to like slow down and figure out, okay, you know, if you are liking the game, if you are going to continue to playing it, like, why are you like, what's that thing that's bringing you in? Not just to say, Hey, I completed this because I have a bet. Um, but something to like, you know, say, Hey, this is, I am enjoying this game. And this is, this is that reason. So I've, I've tried to slow down in order to do that. Sometimes in cyberpunk, it's like probably not best to slow down. Cause then you kind of peel back the curtain and you see all the things that are wrong with it. Um, so it's kind of like a two-edged sword with with cyberpunk and like for you you're playing on the original xbox i mean and that right now is like from all accounts of the internet it's not a good experience at all i mean talk to me about your experience on the on the xbox um series x so yeah xbox one x X. and it's like i play i played it at release um and that night i played about three to four hours and it crashed on me six times crashed the dash. And I was like, Oh great. And I was getting bugs where like I was driving through the city and it would like start stuttering and then just freeze and crash. Um, and then I played it the next day and streamed it, uh, on release day on the official release day, I guess you could say. Um, and I streamed for about three and a half hours and I had three crashes and I was like, okay, this, the story was good enough and the pacing was good enough to keep me interested, but the bugs was really breaking the immersion for me. And it wasn't just crashes. Like there was things where like I had one mission where I had just a person just disappear on me through like a wall and I had to restart the mission. And um, I've had a, a few times where I got stuck in a car and I couldn't get out of the car because it's like your driver and me driving is not great anyway. So I always crash. And so I find the stupidest ways to get stuck, you know, but um, they did ha- finally have that, that patch that came out for Xbox. And I will say I did play another probably like three or four hours from the new patch and I didn't have one crash. I did still have some, like the game was struggling or stuttering to load some zones and things like that. But uh, other than that, it, it felt at least a little bit better. There were still some weird moments where I'd pull up and have no gun or something like that. Or um, I would wait for like my dialogue to pop up so I could talk to a, to a character and it wouldn't pop up for a little bit and it'd finally pop up. Um, so those things were pretty annoying for me. Um, and, it, and it upset me enough to like, I was like, man, I'm, am I going to finish this game? I don't know if I am because I'm notorious for not finishing games. And, uh, but I feel like, like for me, like RPGs, you need a good balance of having the story paced well enough to keep you engaged so that you're still looting for cool loot, but you're still engaged with the story and you want to keep going. Um, I feel like this game does that enough. I don't know if, I don't really feel like there's anything groundbreaking to the game other than it's a really cool setting. Like we haven't seen a setting like this before. Um, but yeah, so I mean, 
if I were to have to like rate it based on what we have right now, I'd probably say it's it's probably a solid seven for me right now. There's nothing that's like getting me just like going, oh my gosh, that was amazing. But it is fun and I'm having fun. So they've a mission accomplished there because I'm having fun. Right. Um, but other than that, there's nothing that I would say that like you need to go out and buy this right now. I'd say, hey, it's a great game. Pick it up. You may want to wait till they come out with a few more patches, but it's a great game. You know. Yeah, and that's one thing I've told a couple of people that have asked me, like, hey, is it worth it? And I was like, well, what are you playing on? It's like, well, I've got um, one of the people that asked me, they have the Series X. And I was like, well, you know, it like it, it runs OK on the Series X, but maybe just wait a little bit until more patches come out, until the game gets better. I mean, they've already talked about future DLC coming out um, for free, but I don't even know when that's going to happen according to their timelines now. But it just seems like something that the game needed more time in the oven it got pushed um, because of probably investor reasons. Like a lot of people are invested in the game. Um, they needed to put it out. It's already been delayed so many times. And eventually you just have to put out the game um, when you have, you know, shareholders like pushing you, pushing you to do that. So it just felt like it needed more time. And, and like you said, Wade, and this was kind of the thing that I've kind of been struggling with, like, it doesn't do anything that different from everything else that we've played, right? There's only so many ways you can have a loot system. Like, I don't think the loot system is particularly interesting to me just because even like the first, you know, 15 hours I put into the game, like none of the gear that I've picked up is in any way like coordinated to look like I do look like a bad a on the streets of night city i look like a clown picking up whatever um whatever stuff is for sure and and it just looks really bad um and one thing we we always talk about weapons when we talk about you know playing looters when we start playing games it's like it's always just pick up the next thing that makes the green arrow go up it's never really like you know pick up the the cool thing that you want it's all right now let's just kind of go through these steps and then just you know upgrade 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 until you're at the end of the game and then you can kind of finally find something that you like and something that um that you want to stick with but i don't know the 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 game for me it's almost like half of me is playing the game just to see what that next bug is around the corner not like what's the next quest step around the corner it's just like what's the next bug that's going to make me laugh around the corner. Like every time I jump onto my motorcycle, because I love driving motorcycles around in games, like my my character will T-pose on top of the motorcycle on top of the gas tank and my pants will disappear <laughs> like 20 times as I drive down. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever, but I guess it's super cyberpunk, right? That's what everyone wants to do in the future is drive down the street on a motorcycle with your pants off. So I guess it's very in line with what cyberpunk should be. Um, but... So like I have this weird relationship with the game where I'm enjoying it, but half of me feels like you shouldn't be enjoying this game because of all the issues that it has. And that's like something that I'm trying to figure out. Like I keep going back and, you know, Cyberpunk CD Projekt Red, they're getting their, you know, they know what's wrong with the game. The Internet's blasting them for it. People are calling for boycotts. You know, the Internet's doing the Internet thing. And I think back to games like, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda that did not have near as many bugs as Cyberpunk 2077 does, right? 
And I'm like thinking back of like what the internet discourse was then towards Bioware and towards that game. And I think of things like, you know, Fallout 76, things like Anthem and just all these releases that and I'm and I keep asking myself, it's like, why does this keep happening? Like, mm-hmm. why do we keep releasing these games in, you know, these early access states? And we keep paying for them. Like, is it because we're just all pre-ordering them? Is it because of the hype machine? Because we all have to be playing the same game so we don't lose out on that that conversation? Like, why do we keep pushing ourselves to pre-order these games, not knowing, you know, if they're going to be good games at release? I mean, like, what's... But why then, do we keep doing but then it? the other side of that is, is why do why do studios again? You know I mean, wh- why did it why did it get released? Right? Why did it get released in that state? So so who's to blame there? Or 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 are we all just paying for a beta? And you know, what? I definitely think it was the investors. The investors pushed it probably to get their money back and their investment back um, because it'd been delayed so much. They're like, hey, you you need to put it out. And so I don't think like the developers in the studio probably had much choice other than to do what the people that fund them um, tell them to do. You know, I I think, and I feel bad for the devs because I know that they probably have like a quality standard they want to live up to because everyone thinks CD Projekt Red, oh, they make fantastic games with no bugs, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I don't think there's any way they could have lived up to those expectations because of the delays. Everyone's like, it better be a perfect game, you know? And it's like, there are no perfect games. There's, you know, and the fact that we, I think, um, to go back to your point, Steve, I think, you know, now that we live in a era where a game doesn't have to be shippable in the sense of here's your cartridge, it's done, Um it, it lends to have things pushed more quickly. Um, things get um, put in a marketing machine where they get shared too early. So that even puts even more pressure on people. And so I think that's why we get a few games that are just kind of, you know, three quarters away baked and they need maybe an extra five, six months uh, because it's already, you've already started the marketing machine. Now you can't go back on it. Then you'll have a no man's sky and it'll take them two years just to get to where, People are appreciating appreciating the game now, you know? Yeah. Fake in the chat says Witcher 3 and Skyrim probably had just as bad of a start as Cyberpunk, and look at them now. And, and that is a yeah. good point, that if a studio is dedicated to winning back that goodwill, you know, they'll put in the work. Um, CD Projekt Red has enough people that they could do that. And I guess it also makes me think more highly of phil spencer i know that's a dumb thing to say because like phil spencer is like the superhero (laughs) of video games right now and for their decision to push halo infinite back to where we know now it's going to be coming fall of next year to like delay that after the backlash i mean they had all their marketing material in place like the chief is you know front and center on the x on the series x um box right now we've got all the all the uh, Doritos bags, all the um, whatever energy drink that they're marketing on, Red Bulls, Mountain Dew. I mean, they had yeah. all that ready to go. And that stuff is out there right now. So to say like, okay, we're going to lose out on that marketing cash because this needs to happen. It's like props to them for making that decision. Granted, that's like a do or die for Halo. Like this could, like Halo Infinite has to be, like and, and I'm saying that again now after you said that we shouldn't say that. 
But like Halo Infinite needs to be a perfect launch for Microsoft um, because they need that big W from that franchise or else, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah. But I, I just think it's weird that, you know what, like if you are not enjoying Cyberpunk, that is fine. If you are enjoying Cyberpunk, that is also fine. Like everyone is having a lot of different experiences based on how many bugs they're, you know, running into. So it's hard to say like, you know this is you should go out and get this game because it's like i don't know it's kind of like a crapshoot depending on where you play it like how many bugs you're going to run into so you know if if you are on the fence i recommend staying on the fence until more patches come out i think that is the safest thing to do um but you know what if you want to be in on this conversation of like hey this is the thing that i experienced like you're gonna have to buy it. that's the only choice right other than to watch twitch streams of people playing it on their own and even then that's not going to be exactly one-to-one of what of what you would do but i don't i think there's still a lot more we could say about cyberpunk about the dialogue system about you know if your choices really matter about the ai about how you can stop traffic in all of night city by just parking one little car in the middle of the road (laughs) you know there's a lot of those things that we could talk about but i think you know well I'll, I'll finish the game and then we'll save it for, for another episode but we do have a lot of stuff to talk about and we haven't even gotten into the news yet so I think we will dive into the news. That's enough talk about that. Sorry, Mike. I took 30 minutes talking about cyberpunk. I apologize. Well, hey, man, when you're passionate about something, you could just go (laughs) off and start talking, you know? You know who we should bring in? We should bring in Keanu. All right. Yes. I got to talk to you about something. All right. So last week we had the famous video game awards. Um, I have an interesting relationship with award shows i hate award shows i think they're kind of useless it's just a lot of people patting themselves on the back for hey look i did a great job right um but the video game awards are kind of fun i think the show back in the day was super cringy (laughs) it was really bad when they had like the um the razor guy that came out they had a whole suit with the guy with the razor head that came out and he was like you know promoting razors on the show that stuff was kind of bad but this year i think um jeff Keeley is doing a much better job with the show he's kind of aging it up making it a little bit more classy like something that i enjoy watching anyway plus they release a lot of new video game trailers for things that we're excited for so really quick i want to go through a couple of things i want to get your guys' opinions on them if you have opinions on them we can talk about it if not we can just pass it um are you guys smash brothers fans at all Fun. I played Smash Brothers when I was a kid. Yeah. All right. So this is super interesting to you guys because Sephiroth is entering um, the Smash Brothers universe. So Cloud's in there. Sephiroth's in there. He's the big bad from Final Fantasy VII. I think this is interesting because everyone has been like wanting Sora from Kingdom Hearts in this game for the longest time. And every time he is not announced, there's a ton of internet memes about Sora not being on there. And it just makes me laugh that Sora is kind of like the running butt of the joke that he keeps getting the shaft of never being in Super Smash Brothers. So for all you Smash players and all of you people that love One Wing Angel or whatever the name of that song is, Sephiroth is coming to Smash. All right. Cool. Perfect. Perfect Dark. I know you guys are Perfect Dark fans because you played Perfect Dark um, a long time ago on the Nintendo 64. I'm sure of this. Yep, you guys Easily never played. played. Sir, you guys never played Perfect Dark. I never played. I never had a sixty-four. I never what? Had a I never played it. Nope. That's did, the one gen I never played. Never had a sixty. Yeah. How did you not? How did you not have a sixty-four? I didn't. I went from the Super NES directly to. I think the next thing I got was the OG Xbox. 
Wow. Oh, so you jumped yeah. GameCube, you did that. Fake in the chat says you yeah. never had a 64 either. The 64, like, so you guys, you never played Super Mario 64? Not a game that you played? I played it at my uh, father and mother-in-law's in-house, but I've, I've never actually had it myself where I could play it. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Fake, fake in the chat says he never had a 64, probably because he wasn't born yet. Okay, that uh, ages us <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot man we'll just move on from that one all right this is something that i know that um wade wants to talk about so we got two pretty big announcements from bioware i think we were all expecting dragon age to be shown in some sort of fashion so wade give me your take on the dragon age um teaser that we got i'm excited i i mean I want to know more. I never got to play the Trespasser DLC. I've kind of read up a little bit of it on the internet. Uh, but after completing Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, great game, great story. I can see why it won Game of the Year. Um, it, it's I, I just can't wait to get back into that world because there's something about uh, that world that's just very interesting, uh, especially because it's... I don't know how to put it other than very classical Bioware storytelling, um, which is very immersive. It, it just pulls you in. You have relationships that you build that, that can change the way the game ends and things like that. And so it just makes, it's just a very big pull for me as, as a OG Bioware player uh, to kind of see where this is going, because it looked like it went to Terventure, uh, which is, that's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see like all the mages and, and thing that's going to go on with that. So I think one of the interesting things um, a long time ago, I don't know if um, I'm sure people will remember because Bioware fans remember everything. Um, Mm -hmm. They talked about a lot of the systems that were built for Anthem were going to be used over in Dragon Age. I wonder if that is still something that they will be doing. And if so, what systems um, that they built will be coming over. Wade, you have um, thoughts on this? I think this is just the progression I've seen from Dragon Age Origins all the way to Inquisition. I think they've slowly, with the combat, made things more and more fluid. And I think with, um, like, if you played Anthem, the combat was fantastic. The fluidity of the game was great. The movement, it felt great. Um, the engine was very similar to, like, Andromeda as well, um, with the way you could just kind of seamlessly move around. Uh, we know Dragon Age is played from a third-person perspective as well. Um, so I really think what they're going to do is they're going to try to incorporate um, a little bit, like build off of the Inquisition combat system and make it a lot more fluid and a little more fast-paced. So some of the more true OG uh, Dragon Age fans may not like that. I think as long as if they do it right and they still allow you like pause combat if you want and, and, and really take it over if you really want to micromanage it, That'll be fine. But for people like me that like to Leroy Jenkins stuff and just shoot a bunch (laughs) of like freaking ice, like ice caps at people and fireballs from the sky, it's going to be like amazing because you'll get this fantastic fluid combat and you'll get the great storytelling of Bioware. So that's what I'm thinking is when they mention that. So this game, I am guessing that Dragon Age, we will definitely be seeing before Mass Effect. But if we were to put a date for this Dragon Age, what year are we guessing Dragon Age will will show up? Because I'm guessing we'll probably see more teasers every year from here on out, whether that's something that 
you know, they should do or not, we probably will. But I mean, it is 2020. This is the second time we've had a Dragon Age teaser. So hmm. what would be the prediction for a release year for Dragon Age? Um, just with, with what has been going on and what we've, what we've seen with, uh, cyberpunk and just the year that we've had, I'm, I'm going to say that we'll probably see it, um, 22, 23. So I'm going to put 23 for Mike. Wade is going into the tank here. Yeah. (laughs) If I remember correctly, back when we were all met at EA play, I think there was a little teaser with Casey Hudson drinking out of a new dragon age mug so they have been working on it that's got to be at least what four years three years that they we know for sure that they've been like working on it probably longer than that um so i would say probably like a little more i don't know how to say it like a little more encouraging i guess you could say and <laughs> i think it's going to come out probably December 2021 or spring 2022. Probably spring 2022. December 21? You are a madman. (laughs) I think there's there's no reason that they would show us that clip unless they have quite a bit of the game already kind of hashed out, at least the the foundation, foundational things of the game. Um, Because... If they did show us this and it's still three years off, that was a huge mistake. They should not have shown us anything if it's still three years off. Um, just with the day, the way gaming is nowadays, people are going to be, I mean, people have already been salivating for years on this. And now you show them a teaser with the dread wolf and people losing their crap with their mind, you know, like, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, if, if it's, Three years off, that was a really bad mistake, I think, uh, in their marketing department, if they, if it is. We did see Anthem in 2017, and then it released in 2019, so. All right. Maybe so. I'm not going to guess, because I don't, Wade is being encouraging. I do not want to be unencouraging, so I'm not going <laughs> to guess. All right, uh, so let's move on to, right let's move on to Mass Effect. So we got a teaser. Um, full disclosure, I've only played Mass Effect Andromeda. So I'm going to butcher everyone's names and everyone that has been here. Well, I played Andromeda. It's a good game. I tried playing Mass Effect 1. Do you know how hard, Wade, it is to go back and play Mass Effect 1 in 2020? It is very difficult. The controls are not good. Put it on good. story mode, man. Put it on just story mode. I, really, I should just go to YouTube and be like, play. Show me all the cutscenes <laughs> for play. Mass Effect. Same thing. Well, I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, is is story mode the same thing as putting it on normal? Yeah, I mean, because the combat is pretty hard and and one. I give you that; it's super clunky. It's really bad. But if you put it in story mode, you can basically tank your way through it. So even if you're sucking with the guns and stuff, you can still tank your way through it just for the story. Because the choices you make makes like a huge difference for Mass Effect Two. Because I'm not afraid to say when Mass Effect Two came out. And it showed Shepard dying at the very start of the game. I almost Spoiler cried. alert. There we go. <laughs> I guess I don't need to play it now. Let's go watch that YouTube video. 
<laughs> if you haven't played it now, what are you doing with your life? Come on now. So yeah. I, yes, th- Steve, I think doing with your life. Um, I've, I've talked to a couple of our of our community members, and I have agreed to play the game when the um, the box set comes out next year. So I'll give it a go then. I mean, what else am I going to play in 2021? I mean, there's no other games coming out. We were all waiting for we were all waiting for Cyberpunk. Everyone delayed all their games because of Cyberpunk, and now everyone's like, "Well, f man." All right, so Mass Effect's coming out. We got to see a trailer of people flying through the Milky Way galaxy. There are other galaxies in the background. We've had Liara. She was there and was like holding up this part of the N7 helmet where we think it might be Shepard. It could be somebody else. These are the things that are going on. There's a bunch of people in the background. We think there's, uh, I don't know any of the aliens in Mass Effect, so there's a Gex, there's a Grok, and there's a Mach. They're just hanging out back there. We're going to try and figure out what they're going to do, what this story is going to do. Liara's older. We think that she's in like matriarch mode because that's how far it is into the future of the game. So there's a lot of rumors and speculations how Andromeda is going to tie into this game. They think that the um, the original original ending of Mass Effect 3 might be canon based on some of the dialogue. So there's a lot of rumors and speculations going out there. I don't know anything about it. So I'm probably just embarrassed myself on all the things that I said. Wade can make fun of all the things that I got wrong. So Mass Effect definitely coming after Dragon Age. Um, when will Bioware um, release Anthem in between those things, or will it be after those things? Um, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Thaddeus Prime says that was embarrassing. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but hey, I just got I just got the second game spoiled for me. Okay. Um, all right. So that's Mass Effect. Wait, do you have anything to report on Mass Effect? Or are you going to geek out just like you did on Dragon I Age? Did. I just want to say that I think I don't remember how many podcasts ago it was, but I I completely called that this is what's going to happen. I was like, look, they're going to use it as a bridge. They're going to go back and they're going to say all these years you built up the mass relays and then somehow they're going to bridge it to where you go to Andromeda. And it's going to be so many years later, Ryder will be old and dead and all this other stuff will be happening. And you know, you'll get there and you'll have to help with the chaos, you know? Um, but yeah, the fact that I didn't even think about Liara being the bridge, but she makes perfect sense to be the bridge because they can live for hundreds of years, you know. Um, and when they showed the Reaper in the background, I, I like I knew immediately that had to be a Reaper, and I was just like stoked. Um, yeah, I think there was one in the background and one frozen in the ice yeah. that they were walking on, right? Yeah, and it's it's just Mass Effect has had such a major impact on me as a gamer. Um, that I, I just can't wait. Like, I was excited for Andromeda. I think it got killed by too many inter- internet ne- uh, memes. Uh, I thought it was a great game, uh, even with some of the little early bugs. But I'm excited, man. I am ex- like I am beyond excited for this because there's no other world that I've ever played in that felt as compelling, but maybe a Star Wars game as Mass Effect. And I started Mass Effect because it felt like it was going to be Star Wars. It was like, space exploration like this space magic crap and let's go play it you know so 
I think one of the interesting things that they could do and probably will potentially tie this in because there were supposed to be DLCs after Andromeda, you know, that lost arc that we never got any closure on. And it seems like there was mention of a lost arc um, in the trailer. So I think they might be able to tie some of that storyline into whatever is going to happen. Um, hopefully this will also be a game to where like new people can like kind of jump into, right? Maybe something that, Hey, you don't need to have all this, you know, backstory built in. Maybe they just give a quick refresher, a quick, like, Hey, this is what happened in these intervening years. So it's a little bit easier for people to jump into. Cause I know like, even for me, like sometimes it's really daunting to be like, okay, when do I jump into this game? And that was one of the things that Andromeda was, that's what they uh, marketed it as like, Hey, Jump yeah. into Andromeda. You can get in here, get the story. This is something new. Um, so go in and play the game. So hopefully it's something that, you know, probably in 2025 when we get to play the next Mass Effect game. Um, again, I'm just being really like, if 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 I project it way out there and it comes earlier, then all I can be is like excited and not disappointed. So I'm excited. Mm -hmm. to, and there's a lot of cool write-ups. Um, there's a lot of fans. Shinobi602 on Twitter is pretty... Um, in pretty um i guess widely followed gaming account did a pretty cool breakdown of everything and he speculated about what you said mule like the bridging of the gaps um having you know the milky way and andromeda galaxy come it came in i think mike gamble responded to him um confirming some of his speculation and like setting him straight that some of that speculation is incorrect so a lot of cool stuff um i'm super excited for all the bioware fans that have been waiting for these games I think it's really easy to be like, oh, these games are never going to come out and look what happened, all this. But you know what? I'm excited when people are excited about something. So and there's a lot of people excited about these games. So I'm excited for your excitement because we need a little bit more of that in the world. <laughs> all right. There's a couple other things. I think those were like the really big things for the Game Awards, right? Unless there was something that you guys really wanted to talk about, Master Chief coming to Fortnite and that stuff. Those were like the big announcements I thought were the most important. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about right there? Other than the MMO they showed off, um, I can't remember the name of it, the medieval MMO, actually looked really cool. Yeah. Um, so Crimson Desert is the name of that MMO. Yeah, that's it. Crimson Desert is made by the same company that, has, that, that made Black Desert online. So Crimson Desert is actually not an MMO. It's a open world action RPG. From what I read, sign me up. <laughs> so, I I think the game looks really cool. Like the first um, opening shots that they showed of that game looked photorealistic, just of the forest, of the rivers, of the streams. Yeah. It looks super impressive. Sorry, I got to write this timeline down. Mike, did you get a chance to check out um, Crimson Desert? I I did not get a chance to look at that. Um, my energies were spent elsewhere getting ready for stuff to talk about. So I, I did not look at Crimson Desert. Well, I'll tell you how cool it looks because this looks, I, I definitely got Assassin's Creed vibes from it. Wade, I, I mean, you've been playing a lot about Hala recently, so I'm sure you've got, you know, just the way that they moved um, weapons and yep. stuff. But what impressed me a lot was the particle effects on screen, like people br yeah. calling down lightning, um, pe enemies exploding. The world seemed really lived in. And now like... I, I hate that my mind goes there, that it's like, yeah, but this was a trailer and let's wait till the game really comes out to see what it's like just because after yeah. everything that's happened, 
I'm just, my brain is like saying, yeah, I don't believe all the hype, right? But it looked really cool. It looked really interesting. And this is something that, you know, I know a lot of people play um, Black Desert online and they really enjoy it. So, and this is something, hey, this is something to look forward to. Definitely something that it's like, hey, I will definitely play that when it comes out. I'm excited for it. So that is Crimson Desert. And that's the first gameplay trailer. Um, the other couple things that I was really excited about, I don't know if you guys are big Warhammer fans, but they showed Warhammer 40k Darktide gameplay, which I thought looks really cool. I love the Warhammer universe. It is bloody. It is gory. It's full of skulls and spikes. And, you know, what else do you need in a game like that? You just need things, enemies to explode. You need skulls. You need weapons. And you need friends to do it in. So I am really excited about Warhammer. With. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess friends are kind of important. So friends to do it with. That's yeah. cool. And I'll just really quick run down the last list of things I thought were interesting. Vin Diesel is a producer for a video game now for Arc Two, which is something that is very very interesting. Do you think it's, you think it's <laughs> Vin Diesel? I mean, Vin Diesel is a pretty popular name. You know, it it is a pretty popular name, so it could be like just some other Vin Diesel that looks like the same Vin Diesel that starred in the um, movie The Tooth Fairy. So it could no, he wasn't in Tooth Fairy. That was I don't the Rock. Think he was Tooth Fairy. That was yeah. That was. What's the hockey one was, that he was in? Hockey Mom. Hockey Mom. It could have been no. He was in those Babysitter movies. I think that's what Vin Diesel. Babysitter. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, really? That's yeah. funny. Yeah, I've I followed closely uh, Vin Diesel's career. So he was Groot. So probably his best acting role um, that we've had from him from a really long time was Groot and the Iron Giant. I was going to say, uh, I think his most iconic, well, I guess now his most iconic is Groot. He was the Iron Giant. So. I don't think he's that iconic as Groot, though. I think people will recognize him more from Iron Giant or Fast and the Furious than they do Groot. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they'll recognize him from Fast and the Furious. I think it's a very small population that know him. Not Riddick? Yeah, that's the other <laughs> one he was in, too. Huh? You know, I really right. like the Riddick movies a lot. I, I wish that they I did, did more of them because I thought they were pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. So that's really been a lot of the video game stuff that um, we wanted to discuss. Um, other than that, oh, Mike and I did some predictions for the VGAs. I told Mike wrong that he won this, but I picked 10 of the winners and Mike predict predicted eight of the winners. So congratulations to me. I did not. I'll, I'll run this down really quick. So I picked you game of the year. To, I'm going to because <laughs> I won. No, I, I'm going because I won. I picked Game of the Year for The Last of Us. Mike picked Hades. I wish it was Hades, but it was The Last of Us. Congratulations to them. Last of Us won a lot of the stuff that they were nominated for. And, you know, a couple of the cool things that did get, um, did win awards, like No Man's Sky won for Best Ongoing Game. I think that's pretty cool for that team who has been through the ringer. They have stuck to that game creating content for it, trying to build back that goodwill. And to my knowledge, not asking for a single dollar from all of their players. And you know what? Congratulations to the team from No Man's Sky because they killed it. And Hades won Best Indie, and that's all we really care about. All right, <laughs> moving on. And for the reason that we really brought Wade onto the show, Wade, <laughs> we hear you're a Star Wars fan. Maybe and just a little. Turns out, at the same time as the video game awards, Disney was telling us how they plan on taking over the world with content, um, particularly Star Wars content. And um, they were having. What do you time. mean taking over? That's already happened. Yeah, it's like the evil empire already. Uh, yeah, it, 
unfortunately is, right? It really is the most <laughs> cyberpunk thing that has happened this year is that Star Wars, pretty soon we will be um, paying all of our corporate dues to the Disney Corporation. So that's something if that you will don't definitely happen. Yeah, if you're not. I like was Mikey doing Dora. the math on subs because they re- revealed how many subs they have. They've made over $10 billion in just subs. Wow. And I was just like, wow, how how do you make that much money with just subs? It's, it's all, I think it's all mine. You know, when, when, <laughs> yeah. when you say it's, it that just, way, when you say it like they have that much money, it just, it kind of makes me sad that they are not like spending more money in the video game space and like putting that money to good use. Like... I know that for the longest time, they had a lot of stu- they had their own studios and they just weren't producing great games. But now it's yeah. like they've seen, you know, you know that EA has been do- has been handling their license. We got, you know, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is a great game. It's also a game that I didn't give like as much credit as I should have in the beginning. Um, now that I think back on all these other games that are released, I'm like, you know what? That was actually a pretty good game considering everything that we played. I mean, Calcastus is pretty milk toast, but that was a fun game. They should be spending more money on video games. That's all I'm saying because they have a lot of things that they could be making money on. All right, wait. I, I, unfortunately, they are. That they've uh, that they are be- spending all their money on new lands in their theme parks that are open. So they have theme let parks that, that are open. Sink in. Yeah, right. let that sink in. So I want to run this down. Wade, what the crap yes. is Star Wars Ahsoka going to be about? Um, my best guess is that. Um, so Dave Filoni loves Ahsoka, and he, as you guys know, he did uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. He worked really closely with Lucas on all of that, and I really think that it's going to be almost like a new, um, like a Luke Skywalker type theme, where she's going to be going around the galaxy, kind of discovering things in in the Force. I think mostly it's going to be centered around uh, finding Ezra and and fighting Thrawn. Um, that we see from rebels because at the end of rebels spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen the end, um, Ezra and, uh, Thrawn basically get, uh, hyper spaced out into the unknown regions by some space whales, uh, is to put it very simple. Um, and so no one knows where they are. Uh, Sabine and Ahsoka kind of just guarded Lothal. So Ahsoka was kind of out and about, but Sabine guarded Lothal. She thought that's what Ezra wanted him to do. Um, But then she realized maybe there was something more to that. And then Ahsoka shows up and they're going to find uh, Ezra. So I think that'll probably center around that because as we saw in the Mandalorian, she's already asking where is Thrawn, you know? Um, So I think there might be, and then uh, uh, Filoni, just to kind of back up a little bit, Filoni did say that the the ending of Rebels that might not be the end of right before New Hope and and Rogue One and all that. It actually might be set further in the future, um, around the time of the Mandalorian. So because she's all dressed in white, kind of like Gandalf the White, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a deal. Um, that's my best guess is what I think uh, what Ahsoka is going to be about. Maybe the world between worlds. Uh, that we see in Rebels as well, because of the emblem on her, on her uh, name has a circle very similar to what you see with the father, son, and daughter. Now I'm deep diving for you guys. If you don't know, just stop me. Well, it's also <laughs> but, it's also similar to the Jedi Fallen Order symbol. 
correct? Yes, because Cal Kestis does this weird world between world things when he goes into meditation. So um, there's a connection there. Um, and the emperor really wanted that. He wanted that because it was very, very important to him to be able to see the future and affect the past and affect the future, you know. So yeah. Ros Rosario Dar Dawson will be reprising her role as Ahsoka. Mike, do you think we're getting way too much Star Wars content? I remember back in the day when it seemed like we were getting a Star Wars movie every year and everyone was like, whoa, this is too much. Like, it's not going down the path we wanted. And now it seems like Disney's like, F it. Star Wars for forever. So so I definitely don't remember a time where it was a Disney or it was a Star Wars movie every year, right? Because by the time we came around, um, the first trilogy was already out. Well, I'm talking after uh, the third trilogy. After the third trilogy, yeah, there was a there was a time there where, and again, I think I think this all has to do with the money machine that they needed right to fund these big expansions in their parks, right? And so we did get those movies every year that we really didn't need. Like they were the movies that that nobody needed. What, what's the? I'm trying to do the the Batman quote. It's the movie we got, not the movie we needed, right? Because because who needed a solo movie? Um, I didn't like. I had never it was asked. Great for that. solo was great. Yeah. Anyways, the screen's not frozen. I'm just in, in bewilderment. I mean, you <laughs> saw it, right? You saw the the solo movie. Um, it was so, great. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So. Um, so so yeah. So I am okay with with all of the Star Wars stuff coming out. I am not like a like I I couldn't quote this deep canon to you but i have a basic understanding of who it is like i know i know about midi chlorians and i know that a parsec isn't a measure of time right it's it's a measure of distance so so like i know that part of it um i don't mind the star wars universe i think it's pretty cool i'm glad that it's not i'm glad that we're branching out and getting other stories not just centered around like emp um, empire centric or even Jedi centric, right? They're kind of the outskirts of the Mandalorian right now. Um, I don't know what that's going to mean moving forward. I don't know how I'm going to feel about everything that's coming out. Cause, cause Holy, Holy crazy Jedi's Batman. There are a lot of things like coming that we can expect. Right. And all these tie-ins. I, I do worry about, one of the, and I've and I've stated this sentiment before on the show is that not everything has to connect to everything, and unfortunately, I I think for good or bad, I think everything is going to ultimately end up connecting to everything, which then creates these weird kind of um, plot armor devices things where oh we, this has to connect to this, so this has to happen this way, right? Where, where you, if it could be something you have in your head of how something happened, a little backstory that you've created for yourself that you've always thought is true, but now it's different and maybe it doesn't work the way. Like, I always thought that Solo was just his name, not something that somebody came up with because he showed up at a desk by himself. So Spanish confirmed in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I worry I worry about stuff like that because because I think I think maybe too much is bad also right we we talk about you know striking a good balance um i'm excited 
this probably opens the door to see Ezra on a live screen, right? So that'll be fun. Um, I, I've watched Rebels with the boys, and I don't think I'm caught up on the last season. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back and, and finish it. The boys have definitely finished it. Um, my oldest hit episode 10 of chapter. Uh, uh, just wait. Episode 10 is going to get you. Come back to me. All right. What's that? It's the space. I will, I will, I will start it. I will actually start it tonight after the show. I'll start the season where I left off. Um, but the boys are watching, are watching, um, clone wars right now. And, and they know all this stuff. So I get to see it in, you know, little bits of passing and stuff. Um, I'm excited for it. It's it's huge and big and a vast world. Some might even That's say galaxy. So so um, it's cool, and I, I'm excited for it. I just again, I think I think with with the way that we've been treated in the past with stuff and the way that things have been going 2020, you know, that I'm just taking everything with just a grain of salt, and I'm not trying. I'm trying not to get too hyped up for stuff because then you mean that's just a huge letdown, right? So. Um, low expectations and be surprised. I hope it, I it's fine. It. No, I totally understood that halfway through there, you're like, you're just like, I have no idea what he asked me. So let's just keep going with this. All right. Star Wars <laughs> Rangers. This is actually something that I am super interested about because we don't know much about it. And maybe Wade will be able to tell us exactly where we're going with Star Wars Rangers. But to me, I don't know if this is like, this is the Texas Rangers of the Star Wars universe, but I'll tell you what I want it to be. I want it to be those X-Wing pilots in the Mandalorian flying around and just doing their job as the police force for the new Republic. I want them to be rogue like, squadron. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want it to be rogue squadron yet. I, I, yeah. because rogue squadron is something I'm super stoked for. Um, I, I do have questions of like when it's going to be. And, you know, we talk about wedge Antilles and Luke starting rogue squadron. Um, and those, those old legend books now, because that was something that I was super into. I love the rogue squadron books. You know, the game is something that is like imprinted into my mind. Um, like Nate John says in the chat, he's like, I think Rangers is going to be, have Cara Dune in it. And yep. I, I really just want it to have, you know, the guy from Kim's Convenience, like the big guys like that came and saved Mando at the end when he fell into the ice thing. I just want a story about like cops doing their jobs in space, flying around in X-Wings, tracking people down, like just doing odd jobs, you know? I want something that's just yeah. like more grounded in like the day-to-day minutiae uh, and maybe I don't want it to be like the the law and order SUV of um SUV yeah SUV something law and order SUV we definitely don't want that yeah but you know what it makes sense that you totally could um I was watching um oh it must have been honest trailers um they were doing their honest trailer for for Mando and they one of their jokes was you know it seems like that everybody just uses a bounty slash cantina system for their economy in the Star Wars world. Like, no one's ever a real estate agent. So you have to think, well, that has to exist, doesn't it? Someone's got to sell right? those planets. Exactly. So, but then, but then does it just turn into something, you know, you know, just cheesy and campy, you know, Orville-esque or... or I like um, the Orville. I, I think... Which, and that's not bad. It just, it just definitely, it definitely puts a different feel on, on everything, right? It just makes it feel different because you're like, oh, really? You're the... You're a restaurateur in Star Wars you know, or... And, and we, we balk at that. But, you know, if they had a office spinoff like on the Death Star, like a bunch of like Imperial officers uh, on the Death Star, like an office style situation, I think that'd I be funny. Think, I, I, think, I don't think 
No, you definitely could. I think the cool thing about all these, like especially Rangers, because we don't know anything about it, it doesn't have to be like, you know, every all the other shows are like Lando, Kenobi, Andor. We kind of know that. But like Rangers could just be something completely different. I think that's why Mando, uh, the Mandalorian was so good because it was something brand new, right? Mm-hmm. And this is another well, option. It, it harkens back to the original feel of New Hope, um, it, which used to just be called Star Wars before it became known as New Hope. But it's it's a space Western. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the vibe that they're going for is that now that you have a pretty solid uh, character in Cara Dune, um, they're going to kind of uh, focus more on that aspect of kind of the Wild West, I guess you could, of the Outer Rim and some of the unknown territories. So I think it's going to probably involve that. They're probably going to throw in a little bit of stuff of how um, the uh, uh, First Order kind of starts to rise to power. Because uh, as much as people think that this the First Order appeared out of nowhere, it really didn't. Um, there's hints of it everywhere. I mean, even in the last Mandalorian episode where he talks about people just really want order, like yeah. they're hinting at first order. Um, yeah. So it, it didn't just like disappear it at anywhere. So I think this is going to be kind of like space sheriffs, kind of, uh, you know, cops in outer space kind of a deal. Um, well, and I really liked uh, Timothy. I think, I think it, the actor was Timothy Oliphant. I really liked his character. And so it'd be cool to see him come back. Right. So that you're absolutely right. They've created this great kind of, I mean, this could just be the next spaghetti Western, right? Tombstone, yep. maybe not stone esque, but and hopefully not gun smoke esque either, but yeah. you know, <laughs> but just, I mean, and it's good. And, and I, and I like the simplicity of it, right? So far it isn't too deep and things aren't connecting to everything where you kind of have to know all of this backstory. But, but I really like how, it, I really like how Mandalorian is turning out right now. And I'm excited for the new shows. I hope hopefully they all work. I live averages says that one of them is not going to, right? You well, can't you can't hit them all out of the park. So I th- I think the thing that you know, kind of going back to like, is there such a thing as too much Star Wars? I think people may have got tired of it because um, the one downfall I'll say because um, I'm not trying to crap on the new trilogy, but I will say that the uh, character development was just not as good as some of us older Star Wars fans remember from the trilogy. And that, you know, you have the hero journey where Luke comes in and he's always oh, he swept up in this big story. Holy crap. Oh, I failed. I got to learn. I failed. I got to learn. I failed. I learned. Like you just, it didn't feel like you really had that much. You kind of came at the end of these people's story and you're just expected to, oh, Ray's super powerful because she was Palpatine's daughter or because granddaughter. Yeah, you know, powerful and that's what Jesus is. So you don't get to see that much of a struggle. And struggle in film is what really makes us attached to characters. Mm-hmm. And I think what's going to help with this new era of Star Wars is um, that you have John Favreau and Dave Filoni and all the other directors that he kind of has circled around him from The Mandalorian. And Dave Filoni and John Favreau, like Dave Filoni is basically George Lucas 2.0. The guy has spent so much time with George Lucas. He respects the fandom. He respects the lore. He respects Star Wars. Um, and John Favreau knows how to do a movie. He knows how to write a great script. Yeah, he does. You know? um, and I think if Kathleen Kennedy will allow them to kind of still kind of take their hands on the wheel and control Star Wars, I think things will go great. 
I think that you'll probably have a few sto uh, stories in there that are more geared toward a younger crowd, which is fine. Um, cause star Wars, basically there's an error in star Wars for every generation. If you think mm -hmm. about it. Um, but, uh, I think that that's the key thing. I think if you have John and Dave and the other directors like, uh, Deborah Chow, um, that's doing the Obi-Wan series. Uh, mm -hmm. if you have them involved in star Wars in any way, we're going to be in good hands. Yeah. And, the thing about Star Wars, too, is that it's such a huge universe. They actually have a whole team dedicated to anytime there's a book, anytime there's a game, that they have to make sure it fits the lore because you don't want to have something like, wait, like, how does that even work since this happened now? What the heck about Luke then? Like, that doesn't make sense, you know? Like, is Luke the chosen one now? Or, like, you don't want to have any, like, Continuity that's the thing errors. that's. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the one bad side about having a huge universe. You got to be able to keep it all concise, you know. Right. So um, right. Or you'll have what happened in Legends, which it was just kind of all over the place, everywhere. Right. You know, you have Palpatine basically manipulating space and having force storms that can destroy planets. You know, Chewbacca so, dies. That was sad. Well, then yeah. you have to do the old time travel thing, right? You get too convoluted. So you're like, oh, we got to go back and push reset. So we're all going to fly through this black hole, mm -hmm. hole and pop out the right. other side where, where uh, Spock is waiting for us to inject the red matter. Yeah. Right. But speaking of, speaking of flying through space, Mike, um, you know what? Rogue Squadron is probably going to be the coolest thing ever because we finally get a to shine a light on the coolest part of the Star Wars universe, which is the ships. And of course, everyone has their favorite ship. Wade, your favorite Star Wars ship is? Oh, man. I'm going to have to say the Falcon or Luke's X-Wing. That, that's got to be it. The Falcon is just too iconic for me. Yeah. But it's With not in Rogue Squadron. So. Without... Yeah, Mike, your favorite Star Wars ship? Um, the uh, my favorite Star Wars ship. I think when I was a kid, it was the A Wing because nice. because it was different from what like the rest of us would pick with with five of us and like we each wanted to be our own kind of thing, right? I I never got to be the X Wing because I had other brothers who. We just became the X-Wing. We personified yeah. the X-Wing. I'm the X-Wing now. So maybe the A-Wing. I, I haven't, I haven't come across any ship in the new, in the in the new Star Wars that I am like, oh yeah, that's the one. Because I can't really think, I can't think of any in the new trilogy that have been, because because it was the, it's either the X-Wing or the Millennium Falcon, right? They didn't introduce a new ship. Um, can we count we animated got, series? Yeah, you can. So I was, you I, count any one of the, the animated, like the Ghost, the, right? Ghost yeah, from, from Rebels. That's at least yeah. new. Um, what was the game, Steve? Uh, Dash Rendar's ship. Yeah, he had uh, the Outrider. The Outrider that had a cool looking design, right? So that was kind of a neat ship. But um, I think I like the, the like the fighters. The fighters better. So well, I mean that's part of the ship. That's part of the ship. So Nate says yeah. uh, Nate in the chat says Kylo had a few new ships. He did have the Tie Silencer. Oh, he did. Um, he did. Evan Hawk, I believe, was the uh, ship for Luke from that's, the that's um, legends from though. the legends. Um, him, Mara Jade, yeah. uh, the Mara Jade ship, right? The Evan Hawk. Um, 
I really like the the new T70s. The new T70s are actually a really really cool design on the old T65s, which I think are really cool. But the Tie Interceptor is the coolest ship in all of Star Wars, so we need more of that. Oh, the Ebon Hawk oh. from Kotor. What was the name of the of Mara Jade's ship from Legends? I'm not sure. I'll have to go and remember that later. So we are getting a, a Rogue Squadron movie. This was the director, um, the lady that is um, Patty Jenkins. She's directing Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to come out next week. Her father was a fighter pilot, so she has a lot of ties and a lot of inspiration she's going to be using from her life to create this movie. This doesn't come out till 2023, but Rogue Squadron was a huge impact on me for video games because it is one of the first computer games I actually had played in school when i was after i finished all my work i would play rogue squadron all the time uh -huh. so i am uh -huh. super excited sure. for that sure what that's what i did so, so a couple of the other things really quick because there's a ton of star wars stuff there is a star there's an andor series um that they're going to be that they're going to be doing these these didn't give like a lot of timelines on when they're going to be coming out so we're going to get is cassian andor right he was the name from the dude from rogue squadron or not yeah. rogue squadron rogue, rogue one. one the only thing yeah. that kind of makes me worried is that we know what happens to him right and that's kind of always in the back of your mind you kind of like know the end of the story that doesn't mean it'll make the story bad it's just one of those things that'll always be in the back of my mind knowing and that was very similar to what Rogue, um, Rogue One was. We kind of knew how that, that story was going to end. So it kind of takes a little bit of that, you know, away. But I'm sure they will do a fantastic job. The Obi-Wan movie, we also know how that ends. But I'm also excited for that because we are getting the man, the myth, the legend back to be acting in that, which is, I think, is everyone's dream for the longest time to have Ewan McGregor back in that role um, and just be like, you know what? Even though we had um, Sir... Oh, shoot. McGregor. What is his name? Sir, Sir Alec Baldwin. Sir. No, yeah. Not Alec Baldwin. I thank you that Alec Baldwin. Guinness. Alec Guinness. Al yeah. Alec Guinness. I'm so glad a Baldwin has yeah. not been in the Star Wars um, universe at all. <laughs> so even though he was the yeah. original, like um, for me, Ewan McGregor like personified that role. Then we're gonna have a Lando series. Um, hopefully, we'll get. Um, Wait, we're gonna have we're gonna have Hayden Christensen too for Darth Vader. Like oh, that's, oh, that's huge. True. So I, there's been a lot of speculation on how we're going to see him because at this point of the um, Obi-Wan series, um, we have Darth Vader in the mask and the suit. I, I would have to imagine that we're going to get James Earl Jones somehow to be in that series as well. Maybe we just get Hayden as a force projection of what um, Anakin looked like talking with with Obi-Wan or the mask off, which, which is very possible. It'd be weird just because the only time we've ever seen Vader with his mask off was, you know, when he was dying or when he was in that weird old back to tank thing. So there are a lot of ways. And I, I'm actually glad that Hayden gets to come back to the series and be like, cause I think he gets a lot of flack for you what think he did. He is? I you think I, he's glad. He gets yeah. To I come think, back? I think everyone, yeah, I think everyone with the SAG card is excited to come to the star Wars franchise right now because they are killing it. So now's the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie yeah. coming back? Um, no, she's she's dead, Mike. Um, she was so sad she died. So <laughs> I mean, they'd probably do a prequel of her prequel. They probably could she do that. You know, there's some people that think Palpatine actually drained her life essence. So there's that. There she is that. Die being sad. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the sad version. That she died because she was sad. Um, then we're gonna get Lando. Then we're gonna get the acolyte. I don't know what this is, Wade. So you're gonna have to like school me up on what it could even possibly be. What is um, the acolyte? 
Yeah, from my understanding, it's set sometime uh, around the new stuff that's coming out for the High Republic, and it's going to focus on dark side users. Um, I think it's also going to be a female-centric um, cast, so I'm not quite sure. But uh, yeah, it's supposed to be about, about dark side users, so it could really dive into some kind of crazy like sci-fi magic-y force stuff, like uh, Sith alchemy and things like that. So we'll see. And this will also be at the time where there's, you know, the the original trilogy is like really dark and dusty and everything's dirty. This would be going back to the time where everything is new, shiny and chrome. So that'll be interesting to see that from that perspective. And the one thing that I am also excited for is the Star Wars Visions anime anthology. Anime is like the perfect um, way to express like things like, you know, combat, uh, space combat. Um, we have it all from like all of these Gundam shows that we watch, all these uh, like Macross and just awesome things happening in space um, from lightsaber battles to Jedi magic, being able to animate people flipping around, jumping around, doing all this stuff. Like I am super stoked for this. I really, really want to know who um, like who is doing what, like what animation studios there are. Like if Studio Trigger gets their hands on one, like I'm super stoked for that. That's going to be pretty awesome. Axionis, thanks for the raid. Um, Nate in the chat says, don't forget about Taiki Watiti's movie. Um, that's coming at some point. Yeah, we still don't know much about that. Um, but he, like, you know what? If he could direct all the things, then direct all the things. Because I know he's done a couple of the episodes. Um, so, yeah. I think I'm, I'm excited for this slate of Star Wars. And sometimes you, like, you see the tidal wave of Star Wars content coming out. And you're like, holy crap, how can they do this? Um, you know, we've seen what they've done with the Marvel universe. We've seen that, you know what, you know, all those movies were great. Like some of them weren't the best, but all those movies were good. Like if they have someone Mm -hmm. at the helm, you know, directing this giant boat, like, you know what, we can have some super awesome Star Wars content coming out in the future. And you know what, even if not all this stuff is for you, there's something in here for you, right? There's the droid story that's going to be following C-3PO and R2-D2 that I'm sure a lot of the kids are going to love. And that's awesome for them. Like, just because you're not excited, like, I'm not excited for the Andor series. That's fine. I'll still watch it. And I'll probably still have fun watching it. I'm just glad that there's all this content for people to consume. Because you know what? The worst thing they could do is not make any of it, right? And then we don't get any of it. So... You know, if they want to keep making shows, like we'll watch the shows that we really like. And if you don't like like one that much, then you don't have to watch it. And you can just let people enjoy things. So I think that is the lesson of the show. Just let people enjoy things. And if they don't, you don't have to call for their death. So that's what I'm going to say on Star Wars. Mike, you look super confused. Are you like reading like Star Wars Legends right now? <laughs> just- He's all in now. <laughs> no, man, I'm... I'm- I'm looking at everything, the list of everything coming out and, and this should have happened. This should have happened this time last year, right? To get, to get ready. Cause, cause we were all going to be home and we all could have consumed all this content. So I mean, some of this we, stuff did get pushed. So I'm sure they were just like, yeah. eh, maybe we can wait for those subs to go up just a little bit more before we release right. the content. When everybody's when everybody's free year of Verizon expired, they're like, "All right, now let's get our now let's get our subs up, right?" Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's just it's really cool what's coming out, but then but then part of me also kind of kind of is a little bit cynical. That's like, "All right, so 
I'm, I'm, I'm buying all this stuff, right. You know, and, and I'm buying this service and I'm just feeding this machine and, you know, so, so there's a little bit of that. And I'm like, do I really want to do all this? And then I see what's all coming out. Cause we just went over the star Wars stuff. Now we didn't even yeah. talk about the Marvel stuff that's coming out and even just the Disney stuff coming out. And then the Nat Geo stuff coming out and the Pixar stuff coming out. Right. And like, man, there's I, a metric F ton of content. There, there is, there's tons of stuff coming out, which is cool. But then, like I said, the, the cynic in me is like, well, do I really just want to, you know, should I just have my paycheck go to them now? Or like, how, how do I, how do I make this easier on myself? So just sign it over, it just, man, sign it over. Exactly. Do I, do I just sign it over, you know, but, and a majority of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to not be, and we have to take that right. You have to know that that's just how it is, but I, I'm excited for it. There's just so much coming out. Um, oh. I'm getting a little bit of anxiety right now, just kind of looking at all the stuff I have. To watch. <laughs> you, you'll be okay, Mike. We'll give Wade the last word on all the Star Wars content before we sign off, because I think there's too much to talk about all the Marvel stuff. We'll have to save that for later. So, Wade, the last word is yours. Well, I'll say this too for us that play video games. Um, Matt Martin, who's wrote a lot of Star Wars books, works with Disney, uh, tweeted that. After all these announcements, they still haven't even covered a fraction of the overall Star Wars storytelling and video games. Games, plural. plural. Um, which is going to be freaking awesome because I love Jedi or uh, Fallen Order. I love Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I think we do need more Star Wars games. Give us an open world multiplayer RPG. Something. Something like that. You know, I would love it. If there is not a Mandalorian game currently in development by someone at EA, then someone is not doing their job correctly, right? Someone's getting Those fighting the Mandalorian Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've, there's got to be something going on for there. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for whatever they come up with the next Fallen Order game because I was excited about that. So lots of cool content for a lot of people. So there's no point in like being angry and upset about things unless you spent $60 and you want your money back, then go get your refunds if you're not happy with Cyberpunk. But if you're happy for with Cyberpunk, then, you know, send in those funny screenshots of when cars just like fall from the sky because that's good stuff. All right, <laughs> everyone, this has been episode 152 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. We'd like to thank Wade from Muleform Gaming for being here. Wade, can you plug all of your stuff so all the people know where to find you and your content? Yeah, uh, most of it you can just find right on our website, mulehorngaming.com. Um, but if you're interested in uh, like Star Wars lore, TikTok um, is where you can find us for Star Wars stuff. And kind of a little teaser, uh, Nate Johns and I are going to be starting a new podcast centered around Star Wars. So Very cool. Yeah. All right. My my question when I call in, I will, I will say, um, hi, this is a first-time caller, long-time listener. Um, can you pick a better ship as your favorite ship instead of the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> the ghosts. There you go. <laughs> the ghost is very is very square. You know, it's just like a diamond turned on the side. Like those are your like. What is it about the Millennium Falcon? Wait, is it just because it's so iconic? Because uh, that's like Star because Wars. I for love you? Han Solo. Uh, Han Solo was like just awesome. I love the guy and. Um, you know, it was his basically his ship. He won from Lando, and and it just had so so many memories for me because I watched New Hope like on repeat on a huge RCA laser disc when I was a nice. kid, over and over and over. 
And so it just, it's just memories, man. Nostalgia for me. Very cool. All right, everyone. Cool. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will catch you later. I'm going to push a couple buttons here. Pay me my money. <laughs> In cash. Thank you for listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Follow us at Freelancer Codex on Twitter or Twitch. Send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com or voice messages to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex slash message. We wish to thank all of our Patreons. We are grateful for you all. All right, and I am going to...